0: Welcome to The Thrive Perspective. This show is dedicated to survivors of child sexual abuse, sexual assault and domestic violence. Now, let me ask you something. Are you just surviving in your life? Are you ready to thrive in your life? Well, yes, I bet you are. And that's why you are tuning in today. Hi, I'm Rena Romano and a survivor of child abuse and sexual assault. The Thrive Perspective is an innovative approach to help you Stop living in the past so that you can get unstuck and get back to happy and start living an unstoppable life. So, let's get started with today's program. Hello, Sir Thriver, and welcome to the Thrive Perspective. This is all about positivity and sharing best practices to live a happy, healthy, productive life after abuse. Hi, I'm Rena Romano, a survivor and advocate for adult survivors of child sexual abuse, sexual assault, and domestic violence. And this show is dedicated to the victims and survivors to show you and them the endless positive possibilities of life after trauma. And I'm so excited today because I have a very special guest. Her name is Kel Humphreys, and Kel was born in Queensland, Australia, and while life may not have gone her way, she has learned to overcome, conquer, and turn adversity into a pillar of strength. She is a surfer driver of child sexual abuse, an author, a speaker, and a change maker. Hey, welcome, Kel.
1: Rena, hello. I'm so excited. (laughs) I know. I'm excited to have you here. Oh, it's awesome. I just just remember having a conversation with you. It was some time ago now, but well, when I was looking on the internet, I was trying to find somebody who was doing what I was doing. And I was like, how am I going to learn how to be a trailblazer? How am I going to make a difference? What am I going to do? And who's doing what I'm doing so I can learn? I eventually found you. And so I've been following you since. So...
0: Thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. And you are down under. And I have to tell everybody tonight, I'm in Florida. It's Monday night and it's Tuesday morning where you are. Yes, it is. (laughs) So we're going back to the future here. I was trying to find the time. I was like, I can't add up.
1: What's minus 14? How many hours is that? So
0: anyway, yeah, Kel Kel reached out to me after watching my TEDx talk, uh, Healing from Sexual Abuse Can Start With One Word. And I was so honored to have you reach out. We've just become friends. Yeah. And we're following each other. And you're doing some amazing stuff, Kel. And I have not read your book yet, Unscathed Beauty. But I, I want you to tell us why you wrote this book. Why did you want to share your, your story with the world?
1: I wanted to share from when I was a kid. My story started when I was seven, turning eight, or right in that very pinnacle point of life. My uncle was my sexual abuser. I've always been a very happy-go-lucky kid. I don't know, things started and cycle began, I guess, and it just continued. But within that, I built a very strong resilience. I was a Christian as well. And not that I was raised and going to church, but I was always a believer. And very early in the piece, it must have been when I was 10 or 12, I remembered I was, I was at the grocery shop. I just had this vision come to me about speaking in front of people. And I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't know what the journey was going to look like, but I was going to do something to help kids who are just like me. That was set in my mind from earliest I can remember. There's a big gap between then and now. But
0: you knew, you knew in your heart
1: Yeah, absolutely. I knew from the very beginning. And And it's it's
0: amazing that you know your life path before you really know your life path. There's something deep inside of that. You know you have a path and you're on it, but... You, you don't know exactly what it's going to look like.
1: No, that's right. But it's interesting how our choices. So, I mean, you know, people would, would give me a bit of grief about being a photographer. I did photography for a really long time. And they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, I just really enjoy it. I, I like to record the memories and, and, you know, but I've used so many of my photos for marketing and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, you just do things that somehow align with the end purpose. And you don't always know exactly why but it's a subconscious belief and an understanding that that's what you're going to do and so I, I was criticized a lot actually because I, I had started to think about writing a book and they're like oh just another one of your many projects that you're going to undertake and there's all these naysayers and I was like yeah you know what one day I'm going to <laughs> I was a very good athlete and Actually, I, I competed in the uh, NCAA. I was a Bison girl, North Dakota State University. Oh wow! North Dakota. I've been competing, and I, and that's what saved me actually from my trauma. And my sport. I was a very, very good athlete, and I was trying to make the Commonwealth Games. And that's basically uh, Americans don't participate in Commonwealth Games because Commonwealth is part of the Queen. And you know, I was trying to make this massive, massive um, athletic. Thing, I got an injury, and I had three weeks off where I couldn't do anything. And I was like, "Well, what am I going to do with this three weeks?" So I wrote my first draft, thirty-seven thousand words. <laughs> Can I see a copy?
0: Can I show show me a copy yes, of your book?
1: There it is, right there. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll, it's a beautiful cover. I love it.
1: I spent I, a lot of time.
0: I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to read it. It's a beautiful cover. Yeah, you should be very proud of that. I know oh, yeah. when I it took me twenty years. I always knew that I was going to write my book, but when I finally sat down to write it, I wrote one sentence and then I spent the rest of the day crying because I was I I think, don't think I was healed all the way, and I was so mad that I had such a story to tell. Oh. But after writing, it was very I know it was very therapeutic. How was writing your book? Did it help you heal? Were you Were you healed when you started writing? Had you started trauma therapy? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, look, it's an interesting time because I I ended up shutting myself in the house pretty much for that whole three weeks. But I've been a writer since I was in high school and writing has always been a form of therapy anyway. But I don't think I was prepared for what would come up for me afterwards. So the first draft I wrote quite easily. Yeah, I was struggled. And there was moments in there where like my coping strategies was when I was a teenager. Uh, when I was about 18 I was very promiscuous and I didn't know why nothing felt right so you know there was a lot of yeah there's a lot of instances in there where I, I, and you know I've been a police officer for 12 years now right I started writing this in 2015 so I've been a serving police officer for some time and as I'm writing my book I, I was like okay this is interesting because I think I was raped when you go through the process and I was looking at it I didn't realize that the things that had happened to me during that time as a teenager, when I'd said, no, I don't want to do this, was was actually like date rape. And that was like another like double whammy sort of thing. And as I was sort of going through, I thought, wow, you know, and so it was just layers and layers, like this onion just un- unfolding. And so from the moment I wrote my first draft, which was the 30,000 word part, to the end product, which was over 110,000 words, Wow. A lot happened in that space. So it was just very cathartic for that first moment. And then as I was sort of going through and I was like, I'm not okay to release this part of the world. I need to write it in a way that I'm comfortable. But it's very raw. It is very multifaceted because I'm wearing a lot of hats. I wore the hat as a child and um my beautiful mom, she is also a Sur Thriver. <laughs> she shares her story in my book as well. And we've done some pretty powerful things even together to highlight generational abuse. You oh, know, that's when,
0: wonderful. That's wonderful yeah. to hear. So she's on that healing path with you.
1: Well, she wasn't until I spoke up when I was 19 and I shared my story.
0: Oh, my first time.
1: My Goodness. Yeah. Oh. And so she then shared her story because she'd never spoken about it. And so she'd been in silence a lot longer than myself. Right. But, um, it wasn't until I spoke that she was like, yeah, that's, that's actually my story too. And, you know, she's like, I've, I've never told anyone. So we're sitting there just going, oh, my God. Right. <laughs> you know? So we yeah, are very intense. Um, but a, a, an amazing experience that as soon as she'd said that, and and you would know this yourself, there's this subconscious language that doesn't require words between survivors who know they've had an experience. And it's it's like there, there's no words that are required. It's like I get it.
0: I get, I get it. You. Yeah, you don't have to explain. You don't have That's to give right. me any detail. I yep. get it. I'm sure that your book is going to help a lot of people because I know that when I wrote mine, I've heard from a lot of survivors from the talk mm. and the book that I was able to put in to words things that they were unable to articulate.
1: Yes,
0: I and, get it. And so, yeah. And so I think your book is going to help. And when did you publish your book?
1: April last year. Yeah. Oh, it's been out 12 months now. Yeah. 12 <laughs> months. Congratulations. Thank you. And you too.
0: <laughs> and I just, I realized, I, maybe we talked about it before, but you are on the John, John Maxwell team as well.
1: Yes. I am. Um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. You know, no,
0: when, when did you go through that training?
1: About 2015. It's actually all around the time when I first wrote my book and I knew what I was going to do. I was like, right, if I'm going to start this process, I need to do it and be empowered. And a very good friend of mine, she was a founding member of the John Maxwell team. And what's, what's her she, name? Lisa Murison.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know her.
1: No, but she was one of the very first Australians that went over to participate in the John Maxwell training, and she said, "Kel, you've got to do this training." She said, "It is everything that you are and everything that you want to be, and you need to go." So, she didn't take much convincing for me to actually do it. It was a, it was getting over there and committing the time, and and once I was there, it was just. Be amongst people who are so passionate about changing know, the world. right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was just the most incredible, you know, and, and I now have got connections all over the world who are just incredible, incredible people, and I love it. I love that part of it. And it's not even about what I was taught. It's actually the connection between people that to me is more important because I'm so far out of the States. Like I'm just in a tiny bush town and what, what you would consider the outback <laughs> <laughs> I'd la- I'd love to come and visit sometime. We're going to have to do it. We'll, we'll go and um, do some talks around Australia and go see some kangaroos.
0: <laughs> right, right, absolutely. Did you come to the United States for the the training for John Maxwell?
1: Yes, I did for at Orlando in Florida. Yeah, in Orlando. There. I think
0: I I went through in 2014. I believe it was. So we just oh. missed each other.
1: So oh, anyway, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh well. So, you also have a, an international psychology degree,
1: right? Yes. Yeah, so, I just, I, um, it's because I, I studied in the U.S. Um, okay. I was an athlete and I got a scholarship to firstly Jamestown College, a tiny little college in uh, North Dakota. And then the following year, I transferred to North Dakota State. And it was really big for me because that was after I would just shared with my mom and I'd spoken to the police about what had happened to me. Uh, and I just needed to get away I think it was about getting away but it was about saying do you know what I don't need this this person no longer has power over me it wasn't a subconscious it wasn't a conscious thought it was a I was kind of running away I wasn't healed at all but when I came to America I became a Christian at that point and through the church and through the beautiful my beautiful American family I call them I I healed I really did come to a place where I could start talking about it and I didn't feel that terrible shame. And then yeah, just life happened and it wasn't until 2015 that I could share in the capacity that I do now. Big growth. I've learned a lot through my journey, especially being an officer in, in the in the police service, and 12 years now. So I've worked quite a significant period of time with kids and young people. Good for you. Uh, yeah. And and it's just it's been very powerful but the police are brilliant and, and they've been so good at supporting me with what I do as well. So I'm very grateful to them for that. So, yeah.
0: So yeah, that's what I was going to ask you Nick. So what's happening now with you with the international uh, sporting career, psychology degree, John Maxwell, a, <laughs> a published author. I mean, so what else is going on? I mean, you're, you're still in law enforcement.
1: Yeah, I am actually. I still do this, but, um, we're just working on ways to transition and be bigger in what I'm doing outside of the police. So I try and keep my two lives very separate. You know, they have the same heart to stop bad stuff happening, really. Yeah, I'm just trying to step things up a little bit. So I've, I've up until recently not really charged anybody any money or, you know, I've done everything out of my passion and my love to, to see change happen, to break these cycles of abuse. I'm being challenged quite significantly at the moment to step into a space that I'm not very comfortable in and
0: uh, asking for money. Correct. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Asking for your worth. Okay. I'm going to share something. I'm going to share something with you because I had trouble and I want all the survivors out there to listen because we have to step into our worth and some, Mm. some of them out there don't have this problem, but I've had this problem so, a friend of mine said a couple of weeks ago, "What value how much value would it have been for you to pay for that course mm. to have it available? would you have paid for it did would you have seen some value and here's another thing I'd like to share because I'm a certified speaking coach and you do speech coaching
1: too, right Well, I'm about to step into that, so yeah.
0: So, so yeah, good. We'll talk about that next. Excellent. I so, love it. Yes, yes, yes. So I've been a, a certified speaking coach for the past eleven years and I, I upped and upped my prices because I I think that Sir Thrivers, Survivors, we have a problem with our self worth. Like we have mm. to give everything away. But and I've had people come to me and say, Well, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot of exposure if you come and speak for, for free. And I'm like, well, exposure doesn't pay the bills.
1: <laughs> no, that's right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> And I that's appreciate right. it. In the beginning, I did a lot of uh, a new things. And that's another class that you and I and, and another podcast that we could talk about, another interview on our self-worth, because I think it's very important that we, we pay for services Why do we struggle so much to have people pay for our services? You've spent a lot of money on your training and your, yeah, your education. You're working through that now. Tell me some of the things maybe that's helping you get through that mindset.
1: It's about owning who you are. And when you've been doing things for a little while and you've been speaking and you begin to understand that what you talk about and who you are And your words and your message have value because it's impacting lives. And sometimes it takes brave people to say, do you know what? I really loved what you said about that. Thank you for sharing. I got it. I can hear you. You know, I resonate with that. It's important because it validates your own experience, but it also encourages, like myself, you know, when I'm sharing to say, do you know what? I'm doing the right thing here. You know, the risk is worth it because it's helping even if it's just one life. You know, and it makes it worth it. It really does. But it takes people to respond. And a lot of people don't want to respond because, you know, they don't want to identify as, hey, I'm that person. I'm a survivor myself or, you know, that's my story too. And until they're at that point where they're willing to say that, sometimes it's very hard to know that your story is having an impact. But then it also comes down to you and your own self-belief. And sometimes that takes a bit of work. Yeah, to get it does, to it
0: does. And don't you think being around other people that are successful, whether they're survivors or not, that kind of confidence kind of rubs off a little bit. And I would suggest that everybody get a coach, get a mentor. Mm. I mean, even after trauma counseling, after years of counseling, I've done a lot of educating. I've had mentors. Mm. I've had Uh done a lot of things to keep building my confidence, my self-esteem, my self-worth. Because, and here's something funny, Kel, that I was in a a speaking program and there was a man in the program that had very low self-confidence and come to find out he's never gone through any type of trauma like we've gone through, but he still suffered with, you know, low self-confidence. So it made mm. me realize you and I are more normal than we think. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we are because people who have never gone through trauma like you and I have gone through, they have struggle with self confidence and self esteem. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so yeah, I was going to say just because resilience is not available to everybody. Like if you haven't gone through anything, how do you know how to deal with trouble when it comes along? Exactly, you don't have the skill set.
0: So what's going on now? you have another program that you do some lives and talk and tell tell me about what's what's that what's going on with that
1: Well I just realized that there's a lack of education out there on things that are really significant and as, as far as you know talking about um, the signs of child abuse the signs of sexual violence the uh, pornography child pornography child exploitation um, we're talking about grooming what is grooming what does it look like you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions that people like how do I protect my kids what do I do how do I take a disclosure what do I say to my child how do I react you know there's all these questions that people have and they're like oh what do I what do I need to see what do I need to say to my kid and how do I stop this from happening and so I um I was recently on a, a television program um and it's through SBS Program Insight and it's very much a documentary and they interviewed me about my story. From that, uh, which went just crazy, (laughs) it was was beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, But I had some really cool people reach out to me and this one lady, Holly Martin, she, well, Holly Ann Martin rather, um, she has a program across Australia, it's called Safe for Kids and it's a prevention program. And so we're teaming up together to bring this education into a very live conversation, and so we're just talking about this stuff and actually just bringing it out into the open and allowing people to join that conversation uh, as safely as they feel comfortable. You know, whether they inbox us or whatever. And so what we do is we pre-record a video, release it, and then the following week we go live on it. And so that it's available to anyone. It's free. It's not. We're not asking for anything to do that, um, but we're just sharing. Very openly and very honestly, from a place of experience and passion, to break the cycles of abuse. And yeah, it's just, it's totally to just start those conversations because um, that's one of the greatest achievements of my book is that it has started conversations with parents to their kids saying, you know, this is my friend Kel and she's written this book and this is what it's about and we should talk about this. And so that people are having conversations and that's what it's about because we don't talk about it. It hides in the in the closets and the shame and the darkness, you know, darkness and light cannot exist in the same place. And so we really need to bring this stuff into the light so that, you know, it doesn't become difficult to have these conversations.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it is coming out more and I'm so glad. And, and, you know, here in the United States, there are over 42 million adult survivors of child oh. sexual abuse and sexual assault. Well, actually, that number is a lot higher because that's just based on what they think, you know, the numbers could be from the, the yearly reports. So we have to talk about it. And I've seen when when I gave my TEDx talk and I'm sure when you're out talking too. And you're up on stage, and after I share my story, I have men and women come up and, and say, Thank you. That happened to me too. And they've never shared that before. But by what? you, by you and I and other Sir Thrivers sharing our story, because we have nothing to be ashamed of, right?
1: No, it's- that's right. We have
0: nothing to be ashamed of. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. Have you heard of Erin Morin? She's here in in the United States and she's done Erin's Law. She's getting a a law passed to where they're teaching children in school uh, safe touch and and things like that. So I'm going to send you the link to her, but I would check it out. And I think she's come to Australia, but I think you two could do a lot of work together.
1: Probably could. Yeah, she I have has, heard of it, actually,
0: yeah, yep. Erin Morin, she's awesome. She was on Oprah, too, and – uh made Oprah. <laughs>
1: That'll
0: be my next <laughs> That's your next one. Hey, put it in there, the law of
1: attraction. <laughs> That's Ellen. And Ellen. The... And Ellen.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, and yeah. Ellen. Oh, I love her. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love her, too. That's all right. I'm gonna step well, up good. <laughs>
0: Well, you've got a lot going on down there and I can't wait to come down and meet you. And if you get back up to the States, you have to come and see me. I have a question I really want to ask you. Are you really happy now?
1: I feel an incredible sense of purpose and freedom in that purpose. So there's a big difference between knowing you've got a story and having shared it to sharing it without inhibition. So I don't have the same fear that I did. So when I released my book, I was very worried that it would come back to bite me somehow or yeah. And I just sort of (laughs) got you hearing me. I get it. I get it. And I've been able to release that because I realize the more I speak out, the more support I have and so blessed and so grateful for the people in my life and my community who are supportive. And, you know, that's been really powerful. And so, you know, it's, it's things like, I mean, I'm doing the talk and tell, but I also do this thing called Grow & Glow, which is a very new thing, but it's about leadership and stepping up into, like, personal leadership. And that's about, you know, leaders being good leaders, but that you leading yourself. Because we do that. We, we sabotage everything as survivors. We don't believe we have that worth, as you were talking about before, Rena. And we have so much to offer. And as people who've experienced such trauma, we've learned some pretty good strategies and tactics. Some of them are not so good, and some of them we have to unlearn. But, you know, yeah. there's a lot in that. There's so much in that. And we forget about that because we don't think that we have anything to offer, and yet you have so much to offer.
0: I, I'm so proud of you, Kel. And, and one thing <laughs> I think you'll agree with me that survivors don't have to go on Oprah or Ellen and tell their secret to the world unless awesome. they want to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, to to be happy. But you do have to tell someone and get help and, but, but tell someone you can trust. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's some resources in Australia. We have them here. You know, it's so important that we don't hold it in because our secrets do make us sick, you know, and the more we hold mm-hmm. it in, they can become lethal. I'm glad that you're on this purposeful. You know, road, and you're, you've got purpose. And this is one thing I want other survivors to know that you. This may not be your path. Right. You may not want to write a book or put a program on for for other survivors. You just want to be happy, and and we can be happy. And I always thought that my happiness was stolen from me, and I, I realized mm. it just it just went into hiding because yes. happiness is a choice. Wouldn't you mm. agree?
1: yeah i do i actually uh just on monday i wrote about taking back your power on my facebook page and it was about the fact that the parts of us are the most beautiful they're not stolen from us even though we think they're gone and we grieve them and we feel like they're gone forever and they took this from me and they stole this from me and you know we get into this blaming pattern where we then don't become responsible for our own growth yeah. we can point our finger at our perpetrator for our whole life if we want to, but it's not really going to serve us any purpose.
0: Not at all. You know, there was one point where I was mad at every man on the face Mm. of this earth, but it wasn't every man (laughs) who harmed me. Yeah, Yeah, I had, you know, I'm glad I went through and had the therapy that I had. So I am so glad to have you here today. I know that you're happy and you're being purposeful. Can you share one thing with the listeners, one thing that that you would like to share, some tool or technique that helps keep you on a positive track? Is there something that you can share with our audience?
1: I think, and it just keeps popping into my head, and it may be not so much about keeping on track, but one, you need to hold your vision, whatever that might be. It might be just to be a good mom or a good dad. You know, and like Rena was saying, it doesn't have to be that you want to write a book. If you want to be happy and you want to be, the best you can be at whatever that thing might be, you have to be brave with the small things because even those of us who appear to be the most healed and, and the most passionate and the most, uh, you know, out there people, we still struggle and I still struggle with some of the smallest things and anxiety will come up for me uh, over things that people would just go, I can't believe you'd be upset about that or scared for that, you know. And you have to push through those little things. You know, it's, it's one thing, a big podcast, most people would freak out and they'd be like, oh, I'm not going to get on a podcast. I'm never going to speak in public. And that doesn't scare me anymore. But going into a meeting with my boss, <laughs> that scares the crap out of me, <laughs> you know? And, and so it's, it's, it's the little things. And, you know, we have to be brave and be open enough to, to even hear what's going on there because if we don't choose to listen, we don't learn. And it's where those little uncomfortable moments are that we grow the most. And it doesn't have to be writing a book. It doesn't have to be huge. It can just be getting out of bed in the morning because sometimes it's hard to get out of bed. And so be okay with that. You know, I really encourage you. Like, you know, it's a very different um, uh, culture that I live in to, to what you live in. But I'm also very aware because I, I lived in the States for quite some time. Um, and, and I get it. Uh, and I see the struggles um especially now in a very different climate with this COVID-19 there's a lot of isolation a lot of people feeling like they're struggling they're you know isolated and and alone but I I promise you um and as Rena said there's how many millions of survivors in, in the states
0: the CDC estimates over 42 million yeah
1: yeah and that's just that's intense and I just I just encourage you that wherever you're at like you're not on your own. Just be brave with the small things and keep doing those small things consistently and you'll realize you don't have to be brave for that small thing anymore. You've already conquered it.
0: And by, I think by showing up here and listening to these podcasts and 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 if they haven't gotten help, I, I like to say get help, get healed, get happy. And
1: yeah, I like it.
0: Yeah, that's my tagline for the uh, No More Shame campaign. And I'm putting that group together on Facebook so that people can go there and have resources, and I'm sure that you have resources. Well, you're doing a lot of things, and <laughs> uh, you, you got a lot going on, girl. What do you do for fun? What What's your hobbies?
1: Uh, chasing kangaroos. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought I'd say that for your American people. I love it.
0: Going I love that, that, chasing kangaroos.
1: <laughs> no, I, uh, I love fishing, actually. I'm a bit of a fisher lady, and uh, I love being out in the garden and playing with my dogs. Yeah, but kayaking every now and
0: then. Uh, wow, we we could be sisters, you know. David and I that. fishing, we go kayaking, we go we go out in the boat, we work in the yard. I think our if our listeners have a yard and you want to just clear your mind, go pull weeds. I mean go pull weeds out of the yard. I call it yard therapy. <laughs> just go work in the yard. And yeah. get your mind off everything I call it yard therapy so go plant some flowers or pick some weeds
1: <laughs> It's very mindful though it's a it's a mindfulness activity and we forget that like survivors they're very uh, anxious people you know and mm-hmm. sometimes the smallest thing you know uh, very tactile like playing in the dirt and the smells and the pulling up the weeds it's it is definitely has a therapeutic aspect to it and you know I really encourage people to do that too I, I love it I'd bang yes. holes in the walls with a hammer to like you know make new bedrooms and stuff not rage, I promise because <laughs> <But> there's, <laughs> there's, there's therapy like getting creative and, and unleashing that side of yourself um there's real benefits to doing that so it is yeah.
0: yeah getting outside of your head you know during the coronavirus quarantine i bought puzzles and it was just i hadn't done puzzles in years and it just mm. helped me get my mind off everything cuz i was searching for that piece and mm. i put one puzzle together there's one piece missing and I'm like, <laughs> ah. you know like yeah whatever so all right, so that's your hobbies. So, what type of fishing is it? Freshwater fishing or saltwater fishing that you like to do?
1: Uh, well, I could do both here, but I, I don't like to eat freshwater fish. I think they taste pretty bad. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I like the saltwater. It's definitely much better. We catch mud crabs, and you know we've got a beautiful area where I live. So, go boating, fishing, camping. Surfing if you want to, but I don't surf. I
0: I like <laughs> glamping. You know the RV. <laughs> yes, I don't I like so. camping. No thanks. Uh,
1: I, I rough. I rough it. I rough it. I
0: love it. You love it. You love it. Yeah. You can go with Dave. Then he took when we first met. We went camping once, and I'm like, no. <laughs>
1: I'd love. I'd love to take you to camping because the mosquitoes are probably as big as your deer. <laughs>
0: Probably. Yeah. We have them here in Florida. You know, it's a swampland here in Florida. Oh,
1: It is actually. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you got, so. you got gators. You got gators. Yeah. We
0: have, <laughs> we have gators. Yeah. You have crocodiles down there. We have alligators. So
1: yeah, either way, they scare the crap out of me.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. All right, Cal. So you like to fish, you like to camp and kayaking. So other than your book, do you have a book? What's a a book that you've read that you would recommend to to anybody Uh, that's an uplifting book?
1: Uplifting? Crikey.
0: Or something for
1: business, whatever. Do you know what? I'm reading a book at the moment and it's called The Body Keeps the Score.
0: Oh, I've heard of that. Is it good?
1: It is very insightful. If you want to understand trauma, I have not read a book that explains it like I can't get past the first five or six chapters because I want to go back and write notes and then I forget to write notes and I was like oh what was that really cool thing I read you know but it is just such a good book and it really just explains how trauma lives in the body and you know it's not so much uplifting as it is educational and informative and empowering because you really do understand from it what's going on inside your body so I've just found that to be really uh a very incredible book yeah off the top of my head i'm having a a bit of a brain
0: oh that's cool that's fine that i (laughs) book my
1: book is one of the best books you could read there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and what's the name of your book
1: again my book is unscathed beauty okay and where can they
0: find and where can they find that
1: yeah it's well i would love to send it to you except i can't because uh i live in australia (laughs)
0: But I know. It, I sent you a book. It took forever to get there, I think. And it costs forever. And she's like, I'm
1: sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. No, God no, no, you. no. I w- that, was <laughs> <gift>. <laughs> that was my
0: gift. That was my gift. Amazing.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I think you can get it on, you can get it on Amazon. Um, and if you just Google unscathed beauty by Kelly Humphries, so you can buy it online. So um, I do have a, a online distribution set up.
0: Awesome. Well, I will, I will have in the show notes, a link to your website Beautiful. and a link to the book. So if you want them to, so what is your website? So we're going to wrap up here real soon. Where, oh, right. can, where can I'm having too much fun though. I hate to leave. I,
1: know. I love I love chatting with you. I love it, but we can do this again because I'd love to get you for my grow and glow leadership. Oh, um, I love it. And I think I'm going to talk about bystander silence. And I think um, you might be a great guest to come on and, and, and speak with Holly and myself. Uh, with that, to, to share about that. That'll be awesome.
0: I'd, I'd love it, Kel. Whatever I can do to help you, absolutely. I'm there for you. And one of our wish lists, we're, we want to visit Australia. So you'll be seeing us because <laughs> my husband's retired. I said, I'm not retired. I'm just repurposed. <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. No, he goes I'm never
0: retiring. Him. He can retire, but... Uh, I'm getting repurposed and that's why I'm doing all this. So, all right. So I hate to wrap up, but tell us where, where do you want them to go to learn more about you, your programs and your book?
1: Yeah. So if you guys would, um, it's probably better to come to my Facebook page, my speaker Facebook page, because I, I just, that's the most up to date part of what I do. And that's just Kelly Humphrey's speaker. Uh, and Humphreys is P-H-U-M-P-H-R-I-E-S for Sierra. Uh, And then my website is www.kellyhumphreys.com.
0: Okay, I'll put both of those links in the show notes. That'd be amazing. Yeah, and the video too. So it's been really a good time. I'm so glad to have you here.
1: Yeah, it's nice to see you again too. I'm looking forward to doing more of this you know, I, I wasn't doing speaking out on, on lives on the internet and stuff like that and I probably was ripping myself off a little bit and a bit scared to be honest. But you know, I've only been doing it for a couple of weeks and I just I just love how people are responding and it's just really powerful. And I think just for survivors out there or thrivers, you know, don't don't be afraid. You'll you'll find that there's so much more support than you than you believe.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and I'm so proud of you, and I'm so glad you're here. And I want to share why I call it Sir Thriver. I had that word trademark because we are not ashamed of our past. Mm. And I want, and so people say Sir Thriver of what, and that gives us now. This is what I want to tell other survivors: you can you can call yourself Survivor, Sir Thriver, or Thriver. That's their choice, or they don't even have to tell people that they are a survivor if they want to. But I do suggest people get help, get healed and get happy. And Kel, it's been fun having you. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you.
1: That's awesome. Thank you for having me. All right.
0: So, all right. So thank you. Thank you for tuning, tuning in, Sir Thrivers. And until next time, I wish you peace, love and ciao for now.